are so excited that you joined us for worship. Our pastors and church family are praying that the favor of God will be on your life and that this word will help propel you into greater purpose. We hope that you are blessed by the following message. Hello to our Compton campus. Hello to our Central campus. Hello to our Temecula campus. We are so excited that you're in the house of the Lord today. We believe that God has something extraordinary that he's going to speak to your life and that you're at the right place at the right time. I mean, matter of fact, look at somebody next to you and tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Some of you kind of said it like you halfway believe it. I want you to find somebody on the other side and tell them you're in the right place at the right time. That's right. I want you to get your Bibles and go to Mark, the fifth chapter, and we're going to go to verse number six. Mark chapter five and verse number six. Again, that's Mark five and six. And the Bible says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Verse 8, for he said to him, Come out of him, unclean spirit. I want to minister a message today entitled, The Fight is On. The Fight is On. We have been having an amazing time in this series as God has been taking us on the journey of learning and growing to realize the fact that we live in two dimensions. The first dimension is that heaven is more real than the earth realm that we sit in today. We've been using the foundational scripture of Genesis chapter 1 as the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We've been talking about how important it is to realize that heaven is not a place that we go when we die, but heaven is actually a place that we can experience in the here and now. Heaven is not just the place we go after we realize that this earth time is over. It is a space and a place that we can dwell in today. And so you've got to know that heaven is a dimension. I want you to find somebody that already looks like they're bored and tell them heaven is a dimension. Yeah, heaven is a dimension. And we talked about last week, we took it even further as the Bible begins to say that heaven is within us, that the kingdom of God is within us, that our bodies is the temple, are the temples of Holy Spirit. Our body is the temple of Holy Spirit. So he lives on the inside of us. But here's the thing, not only is God, not only is the heavens in that first dimension or in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, we also see the activity not only of good, but in the spirit realm, we also see the activity of evil. And I want to spend some time for the next few moments preparing you how to battle the evil that surrounds you. You can tell, you're aware, you understand that we are in a time in a space where hell is trying its best to conquer in the earth. We see over and over again tragedies that are happening in and around us. Many of us have recently seen the things that happened in Las Vegas, Nevada and how a man that was obviously demonized, that was obviously being tortured by demons came into a place being led by hell in order to shoot people, shot 
one person after another after another killed them in this setting. And I have, we, many of us have met people who have experienced the pain of knowing someone that was in that situation because hell is roaring at hell, at, at earth rather. But it's important that you realize this. God is raising up individuals like you and I who will not take this lying down. We're not going to just receive what hell is going to do. We're not just going to receive the activity of hell, but we're going to rise up and engage in the fight that is here. The Bible says our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? You have to have the understanding that God puts you in the, uh, in the authority and in the place to realize you have the power to overcome hell. You have the power to take down anything that tries to stop you that comes from hell. I want you to look at somebody around you and tell them, I'm powerful. I am simply powerful. It is not me alone, but it is the God in me that makes me powerful. And so today we're going to walk through the understanding of what hell is really about. And not only hell, we're going to evaluate our enemy called Satan. Now, we're not going to glorify the devil in this message today because what we have to understand is that from the, beginning, from the beginning, you have to realize that you have the power over the devil. You have the power over hell. You have the power of the forces that rest in that place of hell. And so hell does not have more power than you. But we cannot joke and act as if hell doesn't have power. The key is you have more power in hell. Even in our scripture today in our text in Mark chapter 5 we see the story of a man that was being tormented by hell. Being tormented by the devil. And what happens? The kingdom of God locked inside of Jesus arrives on the scene. That this man who was being tormented by hell has an encounter. There is a collision. There's a collision between hell and heaven, but it's all happening on earth. Here is this man being tormented, and the representative of heaven, Jesus himself, comes into place. And the man cries out, or rather the demons in him cry out, that Jesus would not torment them. You have to realize that the kingdom of God inside of you, the power of God in inside of you has the strength and the ability to scare hell. The kingdom of God on the inside of you has the ability to make hell uncomfortable and to deal with hell and to literally put hell in its place. Hell is afraid of the believer that begins to understand their authority. Hell is afraid of the believer that understands that the kingdom of God is within them. Hell is afraid of the individual who understands that the power of God lives on the inside of them and that even in Genesis the Bible says that, that God gives you the power to tread upon serpents and so that means that anything that tries to raise its head against you and tries to bruise your heel you've got the power to stump out the devil I wish I had about 20 people at every campus in Southern California to just stump your feet real quick I wish I had some people that would just go to stumping your feet real quick I understand I've got the authority and I've got the power. Hell is not going to take advantage of me, but I'm going to put hell in its place. 
Jesus lives on the inside of me and I'm going to handle hell. Aren't you tired of hell handling you? Aren't you tired of hell handling your family? Aren't you tired of hell handling your city, handling your nation? You've got to rise up like a soldier and say no longer will hell handle the things around me, but I'm about to handle up on hell. I wish I had a couple of people today that says I'm saved, but I still got the fight in me. I love the Lord, but you catch me on the right day, devil. I'll not only take you out, I'll take everything in you that's trying to connect to my family and my life. I've got power living on the inside of me. I'm walking in the authority of God. And so you got to realize your enemy. If you don't realize your enemy and how he operates, you cannot be successful in taking him out. You got to know who he is. You got to know his activity. You got to know how he behaves. And people really love to admit, people try to act as if Satan is not real, as if he's not moving in the earth today. The truth is, again, you have the power, you have the authority, but the Satan himself, the devil is still moving around. So who the heck is Satan and where did he come from? Let's jump to Isaiah chapter 14 in verse 12. Who is Satan and where did he come from? Let's look at this in scripture because many of you have heard about Satan and we're in Halloween uh, season and so many of you just imagine uh, a, a person with horns in a tail and so you know you just have this picturistic idea that it's a fable that Satan is a fable but I think you got to get an understanding of who he is so let's go Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 it says how are you falling from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Look at this joker. Created by God but the created thing starts to feel as if he is on the level of God himself the created thing feels like he's greater than the creator the created thing begins to operate and here we see the birthing place of pride wherever pride begins to move in your life you have partnered with Lucifer Whenever hell, or whenever pride starts to raise up on the inside of you, you've made a decision that you're going to connect with what Lucifer, watch this now, got cooked straight out of hell because of pride. You've got to watch yourself because God makes it clear, makes it clear in his word that those who are humble, he gives you grace, but those that are prideful, he resists the proud. We see the first example of that here in Isaiah 14. God's like, you got pride. You don't walk in pride. You think you're greater than me. You think you're better than me. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to send you as far away from me as possible. Satan was the one that was cast out. And because he was cast out, he spent his rest of his existence trying to get in. And because he could not get in heaven, he decided he wanted to create demons to get inside of you. Now, only about two of you caught that real quick. I said, because he was cast out of heaven, he's been working hard to get in you. Because he said, okay, I know I don't have, I don't have a, a ticket to be able to get back in. But I'll now be involved with your creation. I'll now begin to beguile them. And I'll begin to convince them to come up against you. And that's what the situation was all about in Genesis. That Satan showed up on the scene 
being in the life of Adam and Eve to say, aha, I'm going to get involved with your favorite treasure. I'm going to get involved with the thing you created. I'm going to get involved with the thing you created to have time with, Mr. God. And now because I can't get up there with you, I'm going to deal with them down here. But somebody ought to make a decision today. I'm not going to allow the activity of hell to move any further in my life. The fight is on, baby. I wish I had about 25 people that would just yell real quick. The fight is on. The fight is on. And so I understand my enemy. And I see what your plan is. Your idea is to try to get within me and to try to possess my life. Revelation. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 gives us even greater clarity. The Bible says, and a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was what? Cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. So here we see Lucifer cast out. Now we see fallen angels cast out as well as the war that began to happen in the heavens. Who are these fallen angels now? We would call these fallen angels demons. Fallen angels are the demons that are active in the earth today that are doing their best to try to connect with your soul. I have the latest foundation today. Remember this, you're a three-part person. We've dealt with this during this series, but it's worth repeating today. That you are a spirit, you live in a body, but you have a soul. You are a spirit, you live in a body, but you have a soul. The enemy wants to connect with the part of you that is your soul. Your soul is the seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions so his desire then is to release these fallen angels called demons who are looking for places to possess to connect with your soul and to get connected with your life in order to ruin your life and to make sure that you don't even get to go to the place where he remembers and where he used to be he doesn't want you to ever arrive in heaven so he tries to irritate your life through hell on earth the Bible shows us in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, finally, my brethren, you need to get some strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that you might put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, to stand against Lucifer, to stand against this fallen man who, who has been cast out, this fallen being, being cast out of the heavens. You've got to be able to stand against him for we do not wrestle, look at this, against flesh and blood, here it is, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. What do we see? Hell has order. Hell has order and hell has structure. Hell has order and hell has structure. Christians are some of the only people that don't want order. Heaven got order and structure. Hell got order and structure. And Christians are sitting somewhere talking about, I just want to be a free spirit. Just let me be. Let me fly. 
Let me soar. Let me be me. You got to get into the place of saying that you want to be like your daddy. That you want to be a man and a woman of order. You want to be a man and a woman of strength. Because if you don't respect the order in heaven, you can't deal with the order in hell. If you don't honor the order in heaven and the way that the kingdom of God is established, you will not be able to prosper in taking hell out. And some of you today are not succeeding and being able to ruin hell in your life and in your family because you don't honor structure. Hell got soldiers in place. Hell understands this is a war so you got to be in position. The Bible makes it clear principalities are ruling and the reigning. Principalities rule over regions. We understand and over cities and spaces and they begin to do their work and then there's powers and then there's rulers of darkness of this age and even a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. You got to understand the structure to this thing. So what do demons do? These fallen angels who have been sent up against your soul. What do you do? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Demons desire to inflict suffering on you. Think about this. If they are now been sent out into an abyss where they will never be able to connect with heaven again, then their goal is this, to make you suffer like they suffer. Their goal is to make you suffer like they suffer. And so these demons can come from all kinds of spaces and places in our lives. Oftentimes we have openings or open doors in our souls because of tragedy. Sometimes we have open doors in our soul because of the activity of, of our sin. Uh, many of you have heard this before, but it's worth repeating. Some of us have experienced before in our lives uh, that we, we, we have, we've had the activity of hell or demonic expression within our soul uh, because of things uh, that, that have happened to us by way of abuse. By, by way of being taken advantage of but however the door whether it be generational curse or however it got there when the devils get there you got to understand that the demon's goal is to inflict suffering on you let me give you scripture we've been working the word during this series and we're going to continue to do it. here's matthew chapter 17 verse 15 it says lord have mercy on my son i love this story for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. What a, what a horrible thing that, that, that because of this sickness that's upon him, he would fall into the fire, fall into the water. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? I mean, y'all could not go to Jesus' church. This man out the gate is like, you know what? I know your problem. You, you, you don't have faith. And you're perverse. I mean, just, okay, thank you, Jesus. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured, cured from that very hour. Do you see this? That this is a spiritual force that is connected to, is a spirit of infirmity. Jesus is always against spirits of infirmity or demonic spirits, period. So this spirit of infirmity got involved with the child's life to make it suffer. What was he doing? 
pushing his body into what? Into the water and into the fire. He wanted this child to suffer in his life. What is happening around you right now that you can point to the activity of hell trying to make you suffer? There are sufferings that God puts in place. And let me tell you something. These are things that's called adversity that he allows to happen in our lives. But many of you are not experiencing anything by the hand of God. But it is Satan is the one who is causing for these things to happen. And you've got to begin to be in the place of prayer. And you've got to begin to be in the place of study of your word so you can see that fool when he's coming. But you can know his activity from God's activity. And remember this. Here's a good way to track the devil. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes that you may have life and have it more abundantly. you got to understand that when that devil is operating in your life, he'll cause for all kinds of things to fall apart and to be destroyed. But you got to stand up and make a decision today. The fight is on. I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not going to allow space in my life. I'm not going to allow space in my family. But I'm going to rise up with the authority on the inside of me. And I'm going to let hell know you will not deal with me anymore. You've got to realize demons want to cause for you to suffer. Here's the next thing. Demons scheme to lure you away from God. They're away from God. They don't want you to be connected to him. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressively says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Listen to this. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That means that the enemy has full bodies of teaching. Full bodies of teaching to be able to release into the earth to be able to pull you away from God. This is what the spirit of religion has been sent to do. That spirit of religion has always been after the activity of the kingdom. That's why when Jesus was alive and walking in the earth, that the enemy got mad that the kingdom was being manifested through Christ. And so what did he do? He raised up on the inside of these men, these Pharisees and these Sadducees, and that spirit of religion made a decision that we're going to do our best to kill Christ. We're going to do our best to call for the kingdom's expression in the earth to die. And so the enemy will try to bring in bodies of teaching. Do you remember? The Pharisees and the Sadducees begin to go out and say, well, this is what the, what, the, what, the, what the book says, and this is what the book says, and this is how you should behave, and this is what you should do. Not being aware that God was establishing a new covenant in their lives and, and a new way of thinking and a new way of operating. They were stuck into a place where God was no longer. The spirit of religion will have you stuck in an old time. You'll talk about what used to happen in your life and how God used to move in your life. But I got a question for you today. What is God doing in your life today? What is the move of God in your life today? Can you count that you were experienced God this morning? Did you experience God yesterday? What is God doing in your life today? The enemy wants to lure you away from God by deceiving spirits. Here's the thing. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. That's the point. This is why you need good leadership in your life who can tell you when you're deceived. People don't think about this. So, so you're at a place where you're like, I'm not deceived. I'm not deceived. Well, obviously, 
if you were deceived, you have no way of knowing that you were deceived. And that's why God tells you to honor those that have been placed in leadership around you and to receive accountability for them to be able to speak in your life and say, trust me, you are deceived. You're deceived. You're horny. You want somebody? You ain't had none in a whole bunch of years? You miss it? All you know is your hand and you tired of it. You're like, I'm sick of it. Let me be free. And because of that, many of you have chosen wrong because you don't want God. You want something to make you feel good. And I want to help you understand something today. Your name is not Halle Berry. Only a couple of y'all got that. God's job is not just to make you feel good. He wants to make you get into a place now where you are thriving and you're growing and you're moving in God. And you've got to listen to the people around you that's helping you know you are deceived, my friend. Hell is trying to deceive you, trying its best to lure you. I got to move on. Demons want to paralyze you with fear. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six says, therefore, I remind you to store up the gift which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. But a power and of love and a sound mind. Many of you have heard that all the time. God has not given it to you. So if it's there, where did it come from? It's a spirit that comes from hell. Hell wants to stop you from operating in the gifts that God placed inside of you. Hell wants to stop you from walking in your purpose. Hell wants to stop you from being who God called you to be. I told you all the time, if fear is at the end of the road, choose that road. Because no reason but that God must want you to go there is why fear is barking. Fear only barks up the road that God wants you to go down. Fear would not try to stop you otherwise. And that's why some of you end up choosing the wrong road. Because you want the road where fear is not. And you want the road that's easy to be traveled and because you see what's happening over there you're like oh I'm gonna choose that road because that seems easier and I'm not afraid over there I feel more comfortable if comfort is your goal if comfort is your idea of success and the way to go you will never be who God created for you to be you've got to make a decision that you're going to follow God and go down his direction you got to tell hell you're not gonna have me I need about 30 people at all of our campuses uh, to look at somebody next to them and say hell can't have me come on look at somebody else and tell them hell cannot have me so how the heck do we beat hell this is how we beat hell number one if you're taking notes write this down if you're not taking notes here it is hell how do you battle hell number one you cannot treat your enemy lightly you can't you can't play with this fool you you can't you can't you can't, uh, best way I can say, you can't be no punk. You can't, you can't come in and make a decision that you're going to be weak in this thing. You got to come in and deal with the situation. In Jude, chap, in Jude 9, rather, Jude 9, the Bible says, Yet Michael the angel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, 
dared not to bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Like Satan, I'm not about to, we're not about to, we're not about to argue. I'm going to have a, a lot of conversations with you. Here's the bottom line. I'm sick of you. To rebuke means to push away. To rebuke means to, to cast out and to, and to dispel from your life. And you've got to get that in your place. I, I don't hear that kind of talk much anymore. I don't hear that. I know we the modern day church and we like to uh, spruce stuff up. But the reality is we got to go back to rebuking the devil. When you see the devil operate, you got to rebuke him. You got to be like Jesus that even when the devil was operating his apostles, he turned around and said, come out of them, Satan. Get thee behind me. You got to begin to make a decision. When you see hell, you're not going to deal with it lightly. There is too much that is now weighing in the balance. We don't have time to play with hell. We got to deal with it head on. That's why I'm telling people in this hour, you better not look like hell because if you look like hell, I'm going to come after you. And I'm not going to come after you as a person, but I'm going to come after that devil on the inside of you. I made a decision. I'm going to confront hell. Doesn't matter what you feel like, what you think about it, how you feel about it, how it bothers you and it irritates you because it just might be a devil in you that's making you so irritated. It's time to handle hell and we cannot deal with it lightly, but the Bible says you got to trample on that sucker's head in order to get where God wants you to go. You fight, you fight, you fight. Here's the second thing. We do not flirt with darkness. We can't flirt with darkness. Deuteronomy chapter 18 begins to talk about some very clear things, and I love it. Verse, 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 uh, eight, uh, chapter 18, verse 10 of Deuteronomy says, there shall, be not, uh, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through fire, or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, or one that interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who, uh, who, who puts together spells, or, or a medium, or a spiritist, or, or one who calls up the dead. Verse 12 says, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. In other words, they're not connect with darkness. You cannot connect with darkness. You cannot flirt with dark. You can't play with this stuff. We are in the month of October and many people, you know, want to mess with Ouija boards. People still do that foolishness. Want to sit and have turning lights off and, and putting candles on and want to talk to granny. You need to leave granny where she is, whether she is in hell or whether she is in heaven. You just need to leave granny. I wish you look at somebody around and say, please leave granny where she is. Just please. Please stop trying to call this woman up and people tell you, I see granny. She got a purple wig and she, she got her best muumuu on. No, we need to stop talking to granny. Time now is for us to get to the place where we cannot flirt with hell. Here's the last thing that we've got to do. You've got to understand this. We don't fight with our power. But we fight with God's authority. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1 says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. I got to read it again. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits. You are a disciple of Christ. You have been given power over unclean spirits. And what are you supposed to do with them? You are not supposed to play jacks. You're not supposed to do jumping jacks. You're not supposed to do a uh, 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 double dutch. You got to make a decision today that you're going to cast the devil out. Tell the devil you can't be here anymore. You can, I wish somebody would just put their hand on their own self real quick. You'll need a deliverance appointment right now. Right now in this service. 
lay your hands on your own self and say, hell, I renounce every single spirit that you tried to connect with my soul. Say it, hell, I renounce every single spirit that's been sent from hell. You've got to make a decision. You can't have me. I cast you out. And I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for the right circumstances. I cast the devil out as soon as I see his head. And I deal with him. Here's the last piece for you in James chapter 4 and verse number 7. I love this. You want to know how to get free and how to stay free? This is your scripture. How do I get free and how do I... The fight is on, y'all. I mean, if, I, if, I can, if you don't remember anything else I said to you, remember the fight is on. The fight is on. The fight is on. But you win in the end. Look at this in James 4, 4 verse 7. It says, therefore, submit to God. That's step one. What's your submission game like? Submit to God. You want to win the war? You, you, you want to triumph in the fight? Submit to God. You want to stop hell from ravishing your mother? You want to stop hell from ravishing those that are around you? Submit to God. Here's the key. Here's the practicality for the rest of this week for you. Submit to God. What does that look like, Apostle? That looks like wherever I know that I'm not aligning myself with the plan and the will of God for my life, if I'm not aligning myself with the Word of God, I'm going to pull myself into alignment now. I'm no longer going to be in a, I'm not going to be out of space. I'm not going to be out of the plan of God. I'm no longer going to follow my flesh. I'm going to align myself with the kingdom now I'm aligning myself with purpose now I'm aligning myself with the plan of God I am going to submit to God no longer do I want to be outside of his plan and his will and his word I'm submitting to God listen when you submit to God you get the power to resist the devil when you submit to God that's where the empowerment comes for you to resist the devil and what will happen he will flee from you when you receive freedom here's the best thing you can do is found in verse number eight and this is really the piece i want you to grab it says draw near to god he'll draw near to you so many people go through deliverance and they go through coming to an altar having somebody lay hands on them they get free but they don't draw the devil is cast out of their life but they keep on in the same routine don't let it be you you want real freedom? This is what you got to do. Draw near to God. And if you draw near to God, my friend, God is going to draw near to you. This is the hour where God is saying, I desire full commitment from you. We can walk together. We can come into agreement. The enemy does not have to have a foothold in your life. But just like in our text today, the kingdom of God is now walking in the earth. And where the enemy has tried to take and to ruin lives, God is speaking. And this is the word I hear today. Come out. And I speak to every single soul that is watching this video message today. I release the anointing of freedom right now. I want you to stand. 
across all of our campuses right now and lift your hands because the power of Almighty God is flowing to you right now. Lift your hands at every campus. Come on, Compton, lift your hands. Come on, Central, lift your hands. Come on, come on, Temecula, lift your hands. God is speaking to you today and right now in this moment of worship. Come on, just begin to release your voice in worship across all these camps. Who said that the power of God can't move through deliverance on a video message? Come on, lift your hands and begin to worship him right now because the word I hear in my spirit is that every single spirit that has tried to connect with your soul that doesn't belong there, God is driving it out. Come on, in his presence right now. I command everything that's tried to attach to you, come out of there right now in the name of Jesus. I want people at all over campus to now just begin to take a deep breath. Come on, take a deep breath and let it go. Or that spirit has tried to connect to you. Come on, suicide right now. Lust, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name, let the souls go. Right now in the name of hatred, go. Anger, rage, go. In the name of Jesus, I command now every single spiritual force that wanted to delay your destiny, I command it to go. Fear, go. In the name of Jesus, and I declare any spirit that even hasn't been called, that is trying to ravage the lives of God's people, go now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we worship you. We praise you and we thank you for the power of your freedom. doesn't take forever, Father. You can move in a moment. Thank you for your freedom. While your hands are lifted, get ready as God is still moving at your campus right now and receive our executive pastor. He leads us further in this moment of power. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We would love for you to come worship with us here again at Kingdom Culture Worship Center. We are all about being real people, serving a real God, and changing lives. Have a blessed week.